0: I dreamt about her again last night. Was she naked again? Hey, I only had one dream where she was naked, and she was vacuuming. Still, you know, it wasn't sexual. It was about cleanliness. I'm going to break. I'm going to break my going to break my rusty cage and run. Gonna break. I'm, gonna break my I'm gonna break my rusty cage.
1: Hello and welcome to Cage Cast, the podcast that joyfully dissects the filmography of one of America's most unique and engaging leading men, Nicholas Cage. I'm Nate Porter, and with me, as always, by my side through life and cage. Red Porter.
2: Hello Radio Land. How are you? This
1: is not I don't It's funny because I don't know if you know how podcasting works there's nothing to do with the radio here.
2: Yeah, we are you in a radio say, station. St- I'm going to push the button for the Morning Zoo sounds. All and right. then and then the guy that that comes in to do the weather is going to come in and do his helicopter noises and then we're going to do a weather break or a traffic break.
1: Traffic and weather? Yeah. And the, we'll we'll say the time. And then we'll,
2: yeah, and then we'll push the button. That's like wow, wow, morning zoo. Thirty-seven
1: past the hour. It's twenty-three until. Right. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's that's how that's how podcasts work.
1: Well, speaking of how how podcasts work, why don't you tell them? See, this is that's a natural segue. How does Cagecast work?
2: Well, here's how Cagecast works. We are in the process of watching every Nicolas Cage film in order according to the film's release date. We'll be reviewing every film in which Nicolas Cage had either a starring role or an integral supporting role. This week, we're discussing the 1992 film, Honeymoon in Vegas.
1: Yes, right. We will break down the film's plot and themes, and then afterward, we'll rate the film on a scale of zero to four stars in three different categories. The film's entertainment value, the film's artistic value, and then in terms of Cage's performance. On our last episode, our cumulative score for Zandali was an 8.5, which puts it in 10th place out of the 12 films that we've reviewed this far. Will Honeymoon in Vegas claim the top spot this week? You will have to listen to find out.
2: And as a reminder, we do not share our scores with each other before the show. We round out the show with our patented CageCast Running Totals Rapid Fire Questionnaire.
1: Hey,
0: Brit.
2: What?
1: How do you feel that we don't share our scores with each other before the show?
2: Um, I feel comfortable with it. I mean, we share everything else in life that together. Is
1: true. I think it's we okay to have
2: a little mystery surrounding Nicolas um, Cage. Our
1: love—he
2: is a mysterious figure. We
1: share our bed. Oh my! We share. There
2: are families listening.
1: Um, yeah. There's a lot of sleep. Of that. <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: I think it's good. I think it adds. I think it adds some some mystery some poetic tension to right. our we like to, to spice podcasts. things
1: up a little bit we're not fuddy duddies well, we might like be to...
2: now that you use the phrase fuddy duddy I don't know
1: yeah I mean, we go it's... through the normal rigmarole oh
2: wow <laughs> pulling out all the stops yeah
1: exactly okay with all the pleasantries out of the way oh
2: screw pleasantries for sure
1: let's uh, get into this film the stats of it the release date was August 28th 1992 it came out and it was up against uh, Pet Cemetery 2 and Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me at David Lynch joint.
2: <laughs> that was a big week for movie releases. Pet Cemetery 2. Wow.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't and know. Honeymoon it, yeah, in Vegas. I'm not sure if it won the weekend, but I know a few weeks after this came out one of my favorite movies of all time Sneakers.
2: Oh, that was fun. Yeah. That's it was so one. high tech back in the day. Oh, Yeah. All their gizmos and gadgets.
1: Yeah, you can break any code.
2: That's true. I'm just
1: saying. Uh this film made thirty-five million on the box office total. Budget was twenty-five million. So actually, that's not a very big hit. No,
2: modest. I'm modest. No, not
1: even modest. I think after marketing and uh, the theaters cut, they probably lost money on that. Ooh. Sorry, Cage.
2: Ooh.
1: co stars James Kahn. What do you think of James Khan Um,
2: I think he's fine. I think he's done some good things. I think he is a
1: serviceable
2: serviceable
1: is that the word yeah it is I'm good it is oh
2: I think he is a serviceable actor I definitely you know he's had some really excellent roles in his day in the in the Italian gangster genre if you will uh but I know he's done a lot after that and he's he's fine you know he's he's a real actor
1: would you say you have a a favorite James Conn role no okay not really so this one then
2: Sure, yeah, okay, this great. obviously, uh, no, obviously this one.
1: So, also, the other notable co-star would be Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes,
2: JP, what wood in the house!
1: And I will say that I have a contentious relationship at best. Is that a word, contentious?
2: Contentious is a real word, yeah.
1: I. That's what I have with Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, I'm not a huge fan, personally.
2: She didn't do it for you, Insects in the City?
1: Not a, not a...
2: Harry Bradshaw uh, wasn't thing. your type of gal. No,
1: I mean, and it's not like the writing in that show wasn't good or anything like that. It was, you know, it was fun and compelling and funny and all that stuff. But she just there's something about her that she really comes across as unlikable. And she doesn't
2: ring your bell, I think, is what she, he's trying to say. What, he, what she she the does not ring his bell, listeners.
1: What is the opposite of bell? Bell remains, remains okay, unrung. No, it's more like she puts on a white glove and holds the bell. So even if I try to ring it, it just like clinks. Oof, it's that bad. However, she's fine in this movie. She's, oh, it's actually
2: wow! What a turnaround! No, 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 what no, no! What a one eighty! It's huge. No, that's from huge. she holds the gl- she gloves the bell to she is fine.
1: I'm no, she's wow. fine. It's fine in this movie. Wow, she's that's fine what in I'm. This
2: movie. Yeah, I mean, yes.
1: no, no, no. I think this. I think she she must
2: a man of powerful emotions, folks.
1: I think she she, she steadily okay. declined as she as she aged, in my opinion. She is in my an opinion. okay person so in my So humble movie. opinion. Director was Andrew Bergman, who actually has some okay credits to his name on the directing side of thing. He did The Freshman. That was with Broderick and Marlon Brando. Um, he also did the upcoming Cage film, It Could Happen to You, and the notable uh, Demi Moore vehicle striptease.
2: Yeah. Some big, some big credits there, Mr. That's Bergman. Not the, not
1: the only thing that was...
2: Well, yeah, there were a lot of big things. He also wrote the screenplays for Blazing Saddles... Fletch. Oh yes. Which is an excellent, excellent movie. I mm-hmm, love Fletch. Mm-hmm. And Soap Dish, randomly. And so
1: I'm a fan. I'm a fan of, yeah, of Andrew, Andrew Bergman. Mr.
2: Bergman, I'll not, not too shabby.
1: And if I remember right, it's been a while, but it could happen to you is really fun too.
2: Oh yeah. We we can't talk about that yet, but man, when we get to Yeah,
1: I think I think I've seen that and I think it's been a while. So the cage genre, we were talking about this a little bit. I wanna say mainstream cage.
2: See, I agree, but I think we need to get even more specific than that. I believe we're kind of seeing for maybe the first time Nice Guy Cage, different from Lovably Dopey Cage, who can also be nice, you know, on the prismatic spectrum of color that is Nicolas Cage's characters. Jack Singer is probably the most straight-laced character we've seen. Okay, so
1: here's what we'll do. Uh, this is just coming to me as we speak there's a firework that just that just uh exploded outside our window
2: oh wonderful
1: well, well god bless America there we go I think we should make a cage genre uh like primer and put yes, it up on the site i agree on cagecast.com i agree so we will we will flesh out these you know we've got the Bat-Jit crazy cage we've got the lovely lovely Dopey cage we've got nice guy cage and so we'll get that up before, you know, maybe when when you're listening to this we'll have that up on the website. So if you have any questions about the about the genre or exactly what we're talking about, it'll be there. Let's see, anything else?
2: Um no. Oh, the soundtrack is pretty fun to this particular film. This
1: might be one of the best soundtracks we've One had. of the best. Yeah. yeah. I
2: mean, well, the last few movies have been pretty You know, strange and their music choices have been odd and nothing much to write home about. But this soundtrack is, I believe, almost exclusively Elvis covers.
1: Yeah, Elvis and Elvis covers. The soundtrack, we actually just, I actually just got in the mail today. The soundtrack um, is exclusively covers of Elvis, but the movie kind of, it it has covers and it has, you know, the original recordings. And so we'll be playing a few of those throughout the show.
2: Uh, coming up next, we will go into our plot synopsis and review of Honeymoon in Vegas. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: proud she but I'm all
1: I'm all up Brit What is your history with this movie? Have you seen it before this this screening?
2: I have seen it before. I want to say probably around the time that it was released, but I can't remember if I saw it in the theater, which would be kind of shocking given my age at the time that it was released. But I remember it. 32
1: or 33? Right. In 92. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Because you're 57 now.
2: Right. So do the math. Divide by carry, pi. Carry the one. Okay. Yeah. So, but oh, I've seen this movie. It's been a lot of years, but I remember the sort of the basic plot. And I remember the skydiving and the showgirl costume. And that's kind of all I remember. Oh, was there
1: a showgirl costume? There. I didn't notice. Yeah, I'm sure mm, you did Interesting. Right. Okay. I thought for sure I had seen this movie, but after watching this, I am pretty sure that this is the first time I've ever watched it straight on through.
2: Oh, well, there you go.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a pleasant surprise. I'm like, oh, I, I ha- hadn't seen this before. And uh, honestly, I was looking forward to seeing this movie, too. It, this is really kind of notable in, in Cage's filmography. It seems like this is kind of the first more mainstream movie that he had done, just kind of a straightforward, quirky, romantic comedy. And so he's he became a little bit known for those moving forward, and so uh, excited to see what he was going to do with it.
2: Yeah, I have to be honest. The last, I don't know, three or four movies that we've screened have been harder to watch for some re- one reason or another. They've been bad. The acting's been bad. The story is bad. Or the plot is weird. Or just the wait, quality wait, wait, wait. of the movie. I will
1: not sit here and, and hear you besmirch firebirds.
2: Right, right. Nor
1: will I stand by and hear you. Sully, the good name of Wild at Heart.
2: <laughs> well.
1: Or even Zandali.
2: We disagree on Wild at Pete Heart. Said. But I'm just saying that the last few have been, you know, harder to screen. This was sort of like brain candy. This, this, is,
1: a, this is a Brits movie. Well, this is a no, movie. I
2: mean, see, now that paints me into a corner that I don't particularly like. I enjoy challenging films. I have watched all of these Cage movies for you listeners. I'm just saying... This was maybe one of the first Cage movies that has come along in a long time, if possibly the very first, where you just kind of don't have to clench any part of your body. What were you clenching? During any any part of the screen. All, right, you all just, right. It's, you know, the good kind of vanilla, okay. I would say. All right.
1: All right. So, that makes sense. Well, yeah. let's explain what kind of vanilla they got. And some vanilla can be quite nice, I would say, with little beans in there. Sure, the flecks. Little speckles? Yeah, the speckles. Uh, Here is a plot synopsis for you. After being utterly manipulated by his dying mother, Jack Singer has made a pledge that he would never get married. But years later, after a season of delay, he goes back on his vow and proposes to his girlfriend, Betsy, and quickly arranges a Las Vegas marriage. The happy young couple check into Bally's.
2: Before the wedding, however, a wealthy professional gambler, Tommy Corman, sees Betsy and notices a striking resemblance to his beloved late wife. He arranges a poker game wherein Jack subsequently loses $65,000 on a seemingly unbeatable hand. Tommy, however, promises to erase the debt if he can spend the weekend with Betsy.
1: the plot begins. Jack is torn up over the arrangement, but reluctantly agrees. But soon he tries desperately to get Betsy back after he discovers that Tommy has whisked her away to Hawaii, where he has a vacation home. The gambler also has a taxi driver friend, Mahi Mahi, <laughs> Pat Marita, we'll talk about it, and asks him to keep Jack as far as possible from him and Betsy. Jack discovers the plot, steals the taxi, and finds Tommy at the Kauai Club, where he's attacked by Tommy and arrested. After making bail, Mahi races Jack to the airport.
2: After believing some deftly told lies, Betsy decides she will marry Tommy. Meanwhile, after changing many planes and finding himself stuck in San Jose, Jack tries frantically to find a flight to Vegas. Finally, he finds a group about to depart for Vegas, but, much to his surprise, finds out mid-flight that they are the Utah chapter of the Flying Elvises, a skydiving team of Elvis impersonators. Jack now realizes he will have to skydive down to the Vegas Strip in order to get Betsy. Jack eventually is able to overcome his fear and lands and Spots Betsy, which ruins Tommy's plans.
1: And the movie closes with Jack still in his white illuminated jumpsuit and Betsy still in her stolen showgirl outfit, finally getting married in a small Las Vegas chapel with the Flying Elvises as their guests.
2: Woo! We talked about this movie being straightforward. I used the word vanilla, not in a bad way. It was an enjoyable screening. I liked watching it. I, I actually, <laughs> I will say this. This movie came out back in the day when colorful animated opening title sequences were a thing.
1: Yeah, I like that thing. Yeah. Like, it um, feels like very, very uh, Christmas Vacation.
2: It Very Christmas Vacation. Yeah. The whole opening title sequence is this animated mini cartoon of a huge wedding cake and the bride figurine on top of the wedding cake waiting for this guy figuring to climb the wedding cake to her and then all of the various ways in which he is unsuccessful. Yes.
1: It's very of the time. I remember Christmas vacation did this in 89, I would say. And so this is 92. They were making it in 91. Obviously that was a the thing then. Uh, it seems really dated and weird and silly right now though. Yeah. But, but it's humorous. But before Just, the, be- you know, before the opening credit animated sequence, Uh, We get a weird and very awful scene with, uh, what's his name? Jack Singer is Cage in this movie? Yes, Jack Singer. With Jack and his mom, where his mom is on her deathbed and basically tells him that if he wants her to be happy in her last moments, he has to swear to her that he will never marry a woman ever.
0: Yeah. Why weren't you in here before? The doctor said Screw the doctor. Mom, you should save your strength. Jack, if I go. Mom, you're not going to go. If I go, I want you to make me a promise. Say, I promise. I promise. That you'll always love me. Of course, Mom. And you'll never get married. Mom, no, no. I can't promise that. No girl can love you like I did, Jack. You'll be unhappy. Don't do it. Mom, don't say that. Promise me, Jack. Never. Mom, that's a huge thing to ask. Mom. Mom! 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 Mom, come back!
1: I promise I won't get married! Because no woman will ever measure up to... Her. Which, that's awful, right?
2: I mean, we see, like mom dying of cancer at the beginning of, what is it? Guardians of the Galaxy. But she just dies. And it's really sad and poignant. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just dated and quirky and funny and the kind of thing that people were doing in the nineties. And, you know, it's supposed to set the stage for the whole movie and it does. And
1: right. There has to be something that sets up Jack's fear of marriage or trepidation towards it. And so I guess there's nothing else, but I'll say this. If my mom did that to me, I'd be like, whatever, whatever lady. No way!
2: Sorry, Sharon.
1: If you're, listen- don't do- if you're listening, mom, don't do that. Because I'm already, a I'll already be married. Hopefully, still at that point. This is getting to a dark place. Because I don't want to think about you on your deathbed. But don't do that. You know. Come on, mom. <laughs> Just saying.
2: So let's let's talk about our hero Jack Singer. So he comes right out of the gate in this hospital scene with his mom who makes him vow this crazy thing. And then what is it? I think the movie says like 4 years later we see him living his life and he is a private investigator. Yes, he
1: is. And, uh, he, and he's a man of mystery.
2: Yeah, and he, He's a,
1: he's a man of a thousand faces. His <laughs> I love it.
2: Job is to spy on cheating spouses.
1: Yeah, basically, Apparently. he's a P.I. who it seems like, well, the only cases we really ever see him taking on are cheating spouses. And he's got his cool 90s um, film camera where you got to like,
2: like the skinny, the little skinny rectangle yeah, camera, super
1: skinny rectangle. And he just take he's taking all these photographs of cheating spouses. And so it's he's like in
2: the lobby reading the paper wearing a fake mustache. Right.
1: Which I mean, all this obviously only goes to reinforce his paranoia about marriage because his life is consumed by um, marriages that are falling apart. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: So that's sort of Jack. That's our character. But he is otherwise like a straightforward kind of average Joe sort of a character. Nice guy.
1: Good at his job.
2: He somehow, despite his terrible job, manages to have like a apparently really good and healthy relationship with his girlfriend, Betsy, who is, Sarah Jessica Parker.
1: Yeah, sure. And she a young, a young Sarah Jessica a Parker, a young SJP,
2: and she is like a second grade teacher or something. So sure. she's like a totally normal person, and they sort of paint him as this totally normal guy who has this weird job. But he's he's they're just like this average couple that love each other in New York, basically.
1: Speaking of Sarah Jessica Parker, what's your take on her generally? I've already kind of uh, shown my hand as far as she goes.
2: Well, I like her. I just I find her to be a likable actress. I've enjoyed most of her roles. Um, I really like super young Sarah Jessica Parker in the '80s cult classic "Girls Just Want to Have Fun," which is fantastic for you people who haven't seen it yet. Well, that's
1: funny because I liked her in the '80s uh, "Flight of the Navigator."
2: Oh yeah, that
1: was that was a uh-
2: yes. Yeah, she's good. I
1: didn't mind her at all. I think young Sarah Jessica Parker, I don't know. I think she really works. I think she's funny. I think she is believable. I don't think there's anything wrong with her. She's very pretty. And I don't find her very pretty anymore.
2: Well, age does things to people's faces. But regardless, she's great in this, in Honeymoon in Vegas. She's great.
1: Yeah, I think she does a really good job.
2: She does. And her character is like this solid girlfriend who is a girl's guy who supports him in poker games and goes on his investigative jobs with him. And is just sort of like
1: kind of like Mary and something sol- in some, there's something about Mary. She's just a good, just no, cool, not even that not one she's of just the guys, wholesome. but she's just cool.
2: Yeah. Cool and wholesome and yeah. all the things you want in a girlfriend, basically. Exactly.
1: So. And she really wants to get married.
2: Yeah. And so they sort of have this relationship that seems fine. Oh, the one thing is that Nicolas Cage voiceovers a little bit in the beginning of this film, I think.
1: That's fine. Voiceover fine. yeah, He's voiceover fine, it just sort of bad rap It right?
2: sort of gets the story progressing. So, you know, a year into their relationship, things are starting to cool off.
1: Oh, one thing we find out though, Nicolas Cage is a gambler. Small time, right? Little, well, he's got a poker game, he bets on.
2: He's got a bookie, he's got a bookie friend bookie. that he's sort doesn't? of
1: I mean, you know my bookie.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Dirty Sal. Everyone knows him. That's Guido. Oh, well Dirty Guido. Dirty Guido. Okay. okay. Anyway, so yeah, there's it's like a year into the relationship and the and the voiceover cage is telling us things are cooling off, there's distance. And clearly it's just he needs to like he needs to make the commitment, right? There's he nothing, needs to there's shit or get wrong. off the pot. Right. There's basically. nothing
1: wrong with Betsy in this movie. She's totally wonderful and if his True of a mother, hadn't have have made him uh, swear up and down as she literally would lay dying that he wouldn't marry anyone. He wouldn't be freaking out. Right. Seriously.
2: So he knows that he's about to lose her. And so in this like mad- she
1: tells him, by the way, which women, if you're listening, I don't know if any women listen, but if you do, do that. What you're feeling, just say it. It makes things so much easier because we don't know. I don't know.
2: Sometimes we don't tell you for a reason.
1: Well, what? It's awful. Don't do that. If there's a problem, say it. She does. And they end up, uh, she gets everything she ever wanted.
2: Well, in a roundabout way, she does.
1: So very, very quickly, he decides, okay, I'm going to go back on you know this promise to that I made in, in this very emotional state.
0: Let's get married tomorrow. Let's just do it. Get on a plane, go to Vegas and do it. Now. You're serious? I must be. My legs are paralyzed. Oh, sweetie! The die was cast. If I just said City Hall, the story would end here. But I didn't. And Betsy and I took our fateful trip to Vegas.
1: We're going to get married, and I'm so sure about this, we're going to get on a plane like tonight or tomorrow and just fly to Vegas, which I guess is the thing. I think back then, you couldn't just go to the courthouse. I don't know. I guess you could go to the courthouse, but like... I guess Vegas is the place that everyone thinks of. Hey, if we got to get married real quick, let's go to Vegas. That kind of thing.
2: So, and it's like very clear that he is, I mean, very half-hearted about this (laughs) proposal, suggestion, whatever you want to call it, but they do it. And one thing that-
1: I don't think he's half-hearted. I think he's just-
2: He doesn't want to lose her, but he's not all about getting married either. He just doesn't want to lose Betsy.
1: I just think it, freaks, it, it no it just freaks him out. That's all. He's just sure. he's just scared. Okay, I'll take that. I get it.
2: So, we go to Vegas and one thing that I find very funny that the director goes out of his way to make sure that we see is an enormous white reader board that says "Welcome Elvis Impersonators." Right. And so, basically, for the duration of the film, there's just going to be a bunch of people dressed as Elvis Elvis's walking around everywhere. There's just Elvises everywhere, which Apparently in 1992, that's all Vegas was. Yeah, it was a bunch just, of
1: Elvis impersonators.
2: I mean, but it's, there's like any reason or excuse to have an Elvis now has been set because they've welcomed Elvis impersonators. It's like the big week for Elvis and sure. people. yeah, exactly. And so I-, I And at what hotel, Britt? What hotel? At Bally's.
1: I would say the name Bally's is probably mentioned no less than 20 times in this movie. Yes. So-
2: lots of Lots of- a Lot of uh, placement. Product, uh, product placement. placement? As en- far endorsing endorsements. I'm plans? sure I'm
1: sure in the credits there's a thank you very much to our promotional consideration for Valley. At- yes, exactly. Yeah. Good for them though.
2: So we, we go to Vegas and Jack and Betsy go and we also meet their um, Tommy Corman, played by James Caan. Right, and James he Conn. is you know, we're gonna talk I'm gonna talk about him a little bit later in the movie too. But he is presented as sort of this slightly edgy gambler
1: arrogant
2: gambler man like he's a professional gambler but cocky there's also like a slight edge of danger about him and the, the reason i say this is that one of the early scenes that we see him in tommy corman is he he arrives in a limo at bally's And is greeted by the new general manager, played by a very young Tony Uh, Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, super fun little cameo. Yes. And uh, Tony Shalhoub's character tells Tommy Corman that his normal penthouse is not available. And Tommy Corman's response is to grab Tony Shalhoub by the... Balls? Tender Juicies.
0: Sure. I would like Penthouse A, where I've stayed for 15 years, made up for me now. The president of Brazil is in there. Huh. I don't care if Ming the friggin' merciless is in there. Get him out, okay? Will do. Good. Now I shake your hand
2: and squeeze until he gets his way. Yeah,
1: for
0: sure.
2: And so you kind you kind I of mean, get, that's what you do. Sure, but you sort of get this idea that he is like more than just a gambler.
1: Sure, like not he's, not he's all aggressive. out not out and out like a like a mafia guy, but like. He's used to getting what he wants, yeah. and he's aggressive and he's and sort of got the and means, and, and
2: he's got the means to sort of get
1: whatever. I would he say wants. this too: there is a a thread of sadness running through him. Oh wow! No, going there is deep. going deep. I mean, no, no. When we, you know, he's taking a walk by the pool and he sees a woman sunbathing that reminds him of his late wife. Right? Like we 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 soon find out that he had a wife that would like accompany him on all these gambling trips to Vegas and things like that. And she, like, actually did tragically die of cancer, that kind of thing. Right. And it seems like he actually is kind of crestfallen and heartbroken about that.
2: Well, and he also seems a little tired. Like, they pull up to the hotel and he just sort of goes, okay, you know, here we are again. Home sweet home. Like, not that particularly that excited, but he's there and whatever. So
1: Yeah. And I I would say this. Like, you don't at least i didn't automatically root against him you can tell pretty quickly that this is the guy we're not supposed to like very much but there's nothing that he does other than being kind of brash that is completely off-putting for me in the beginning
2: yes that's true he's he's you know he's going to be the opponent but he's not an automatic bad guy thus far right so tommy and his assistant i don't know what his, his la- name his toady. is his lackey yeah are walking around the hotel and they see Jack and Betsy checking in, and Tommy has like this moment of double take because Betsy looks so much like his late wife Donna, right? And he's exactly. just sort of is like standing in like the lobby. She's been
1: reincarnated as this, you know, yes. golden haired goddess, yes. Like Sarah and he Parker. is just right.
2: completely over. He is beside himself, and it's like Basically, there she I is. I must have. I must, must have, have her. her. Yeah. And
1: he's seeing her while she's like kissing page at the at the check-in desk yeah. of Bally.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obvious they're together and he does, he's just like, nope, that's a new Donna and I must have her.
1: You can tell he's already kind of concocting his his scheme of how he's going to do this.
2: So the way that he chooses to sort of get her, I guess, is by instigating a poker game for Jack.
1: Yeah, I and don't know not- exactly how he figured out that Jack was a gambler i guess you're in vegas and so you gamble
2: yeah it's it is it's a little bit like okay like an envelope appears under their hotel room uh, door it's like slid underneath that's like hey you're invited to a special promotional poker game and you know so jack and betsy have like a scene at the pool where she doesn't really want him to go she wants they're there to get married right it
1: feels like he has cold feet Jack,
0: please it's not just another excuse hey we're here to get married And to be together. Absolutely. So why do you have to play poker? Let's let's just hang out together. It'll relax me. It's a fast game with some yokels. I'll probably make enough to pay for the whole trip. Listen, it's right here. $1,000 in credit, so you're, like, covered if you get murdered on a hand. This is just a, a promotional thing, basically. Relax. It's two hours, then we get married. End of story.
1: I think she's a little bit more astute than he gives her credit for. Like, he probably is just dragging his feet at this point.
2: Yeah. I think he totally is like doing everything he can to put it off. Cause he's sort of freaked out. So he says, Oh, you know, it's just going to be two hours. I'm going to go play poker. You're going to swim. And then we're going to go get married. He's sort of just being really blithe about the whole thing. Jack goes to this poker game where he meets Tommy Corman and he's arranged it. And we kind of f- figure that out. And, you know, there's a an long a drawn out scene of of him winning a few good hands of poker and kind of accumulating some money.
1: He's he's up he's, for a while. He's up, up for a long time, like or six thousand dollars. Yeah, which is great.
2: And then we cut in scenes of SJP swimming, Betsy swimming at the pool, sort of just you know killing time for two hours. while I feel he's like off. the
1: camera likes to linger on her bikini a little longer than.
2: Well, you know, she had a nice little uh, rack of lamb, so. <laughs> You got to do what you got to do guess, to bring in those viewers. I
1: guess so. I guess so. Well, you know, he to 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 Jack's credit, like he's out, like he's out of chips and he gets a little bit of a, you know, he gets a little bit of peer pressure to stay in the game. You know, he's out. He's not going to lose any money because I think they gave him like a thousand dollars in chips just to start off. Right. But he he's he's in this game. He's in over his head a little bit. And. He kind of – he gets one bad hand or a couple bad hands, and then he's he's out. He's out of money, but they kind of pressure him to stay in.
2: Yeah. He keeps borrowing against – not the house, but against, I think, Tommy.
1: Well, he doesn't really borrow until he gets the straight flush.
2: Right. So he ends up getting a hand that is
1: – It's a jack-high straight flush. Yeah. Which a straight flush – how much do you know about poker?
2: Well, you know, enough.
1: Okay. Enough to know that that's good. Yeah. It's basically – I mean, you've heard of a royal flush. Yes. It's not quite that, but it's the same hand. It's like the next best thing. Right. A straight flush is all in the same suit and all five cards in a row. It's like a million to one. It's some sort of crazy, um, you know, odds to get this thing. And so he kind of does the right thing here, in my opinion, because he has what all odds would say would be an unbeatable hand. I would mortgage our, you know, house and sell our kids if I had a straight flush and a hand poker.
2: Yeah. And it even includes a a face card in his hand. It's not like it's two through seven.
1: Right. Even if it was, I would still, you know, sell the dog to, to, to bet on this. But I'm saying like, I don't like, he's not crazy. Like this is the hand of your lifetime. You're never going to get a better hand in poker than this.
2: So he has, has this insane hand and he ends up borrowing
1: $65,000
2: against the house, which turns out to be Tommy and not actually the hotel. Exactly. Throws the hand down in triumph and seems like he's won the game and has all this money. And he said, and he's going to just walk out of there a rich man. And Tommy throws down a royal flush.
1: No, a, a straight flush.
2: A straight flush, I'm sorry. With Queen High. Yeah.
1: Sorry, man.
0: Straight flush to the jack. That's, that's one for the books. the queen queen that's 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 a tough break (laughs) would you like a fruit plate
2: so beats it out by one essentially uh, which
1: which has never happened in the history of poker so here's my question to you was the game rigged
2: you know I've been thinking about that and it's it's hard to tell because we know that Tommy wants Betsy I mean that's been made very clear, and we know that he intentionally invites Jack to this poker game, prob- presumably as a way of getting to Betsy somehow. Although that's not entirely clear at the outset. But you know, was the game rigged? I mean,
1: I mean just I don't- the sheer odds of of those two hands happening ever, but let alone in the same um, in the same game with like five or six guys playing. I would have to say it was rigged, but there's no evidence and, and they asked the question a few times in the right film. Right. And there's no evidence given that that it's rigged.
2: Yeah. It could just be that Tommy knew that he is an incredible poker player and just assumed that he would be able to beat Jack hands down and didn't account for, you know, all of his success getting up to this point didn't account for his his flush. So I don't know. I don't know. It certainly, you know, works out into his favor. And so at some point, on some level, Tommy must know that he's going to win no matter how many hands he has to play, would right. be my exactly. guess. Exactly. Yeah. So. I don't know that he planned to have Jack in the hole for sixty-five k, But.
1: Right. So he know. is. But he is. But he's, he is. He regardless. Is, right. And he, he doesn't have the money, obviously. He doesn't have much money at all. He has enough to get them to Vegas and get them married. And he's trying to figure out, like, well, what can we do? Can I work out a payment plan? Can I borrow the money from, a, you know, a bookie in New York where I'm from or anything like that? And Tommy's not having any of it.
2: Right. And this is sort of where you see a little bit of that edgy pseudo, pseudo bad guy or right. pseudo mafia. Yeah, he basically says, well, come out.
1: Uh, we'll, you know, kill you, not kill kill you, or, you, you or, at don't, least hurt, is, or at least hurt you.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't do payment plans. I You owe me the money. You give me the money.
1: Right. Exactly. But it comes up, but, uh-huh, here we go. The, the plot thickens. Like, he gives the alternative. He says, here's what I want. I want a weekend with your girlfriend.
2: Right. He's very specific. I think that he does say, I don't want, it's not going to get sexual. I just want her company. Does he say that? He says something like, I just want her company.
1: Okay. All right. For
2: 48 hours or for whatever. What
1: do you think about that? What do you think about the... The offer.
2: Well, it doesn't. What's that movie with Woody Harrelson? And, indecent, indecent proposal. And indecent proposal. Of that's you know, I mean, it's that's another level, right? Will you sleep with? Can I sleep with your wife for a million dollars? But it's the same. It's along the same lines. I mean, Jack has gotten himself into a real pickle and can't really get his get
1: his way out of it. It's definitely along the same lines, but it is. A, I would say a, a weekend of having to spend time being wined and dined is not the same thing as having to sleep with a dude.
2: Well, sure, of course not. But, you know, Betsy really doesn't have a choice and also was not super keen on Jack going to the game in the first place. So,
1: You know, I'll say this, though. Betsy takes it like a champ. How could
0: you put me in this position? What do you think? I knew it was coming. I wanted this to happen. I was completely blindsided. Jack, I still don't understand this. You went in there with $500, right? We had this whole discussion. I had a straight flush! Do you know what a straight flush is? It's like... Unbeatable. Like unbeatable is not unbeatable. Hey, I know that now. Okay. Don't yell at me! Oh, I mean, this is great. She's, she's not
1: happy about it.
2: No, but this is one of the so this is where the movie I think sort of starts to really fire. Uh it goes from being just sort of a ho-hum movie in a lot of aspects to something a little bit funny. So Jack tells Betsy, look, this is the situation, and then they play out her reaction throughout the casino. It's like they walk through an amateur boxing match, and then they walk through... Uh, some sort of like casino floor well, they, they, walk, slash they walk
1: through all the different entertainment options yeah. that Bally's has to offer. It mm-hmm. is a luxury resort casino yes. right in the heart of this Strip yes. of Las Vegas.
2: It, it is a marketing campaign for sure. But her reaction this is like... This episode of
1: Cage Cast is brought to you by Bally's International,
2: <laughs> a chain
1: of hotels that caters to the finest of clientele.
2: Yeah, exactly. But her her reaction is great. Like she's upset and furious. I love, I love when
1: they're in the, like, the arcade and she's, and there's all these little kids walking by. Yeah. She's like, we came to Vegas and you've made me a whore. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's what's <laughs> so funny is, like, she is having this crazy emotional reaction as they're passing a boxing match. And then.
0: I'm a whore, Jack. You've made me into a whore. Honey, you don't think this is destroying me? I don't know what to do. You brought me to Las Vegas and you turned me into a whore, Jack! Shh, let's just forget about this, all right? This is insanity, and somehow I'll get the money.
2: From home? Yeah, in the arcade where these kids are playing video games and she's yelling, I'm a whore! You've made me a whore! You brought me to Vegas! In a funny way, right? Oh, it's 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 great. It's super funny, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, see, for me, the movie really starts to gain some momentum here. But what I'm saying her is
1: reaction. So right. Good. But what I'm saying is like she she's not like we're done. We're through. Screw you, dude. She's like, OK.
2: Yeah. She,
1: or like, let me meet well, with this guy or, she's upset. or whatever.
2: So then they call then they call Jack's bookie back in New York who has heard of Tommy Corman. So here's another little indicator that this guy is, you know, someone not to be messed with. And the bookie basically says, if he's given you a plan B, you take it. And so that, I think, sort of seals it for Jack and Betsy right. that she has to go do this weekend with Tommy.
1: Now, I have to say this. Lest we forget that there is an Elvis, you know, uh, impersonator con- convention, convention in town, we get several scenes that just cut back and remind us and remind us there's Elvises everywhere. There's there's an Asian Elvis in the poker game. There is, you know, black Elvis. And what I love is that there's little kid Elvis who yeah. we... who. Because we watch the credits, we discover is a young Bruno Mars.
2: Yes. Yeah. So Tommy and Betsy arranged to sort of have like a get to know you dinner at this Elvis. Of course. Show. And yeah. one of the Elvis impersonators entertaining them is. He's a little
1: kid. A and little he, kid. And he was singing. I'm like, this little kid is yeah. pretty good. Kids, pretty, pretty amazing. You know, this kid could go places,
2: and he did.
1: And he, uh, and he did. You know, Uptown Funk, gonna give it to you. Yeah, that's all I have to say. That's right. All right. So, well, super anyway, fun. Little tidbit there.
2: So, Tommy and Betsy have this dinner. And Jack sort of is freaking out and is gambling and trying to win back. Like, I think he's trying to win back $65,000 so he can just go slam it on the table and whisk Betsy away. And he can't do that. Right, on
1: roulette. And he basically just tells the roulette wheel lady, like, I really need to win money. So everything you could do to help me out with that would be great. He's and like, then, I'll see what I can do for yeah, you Yeah,
2: so he loses more money. He can't get any traction. And then, you know, we're starting, starting to learn Tommy's story with Betsy. And he does. He talks about his wife and how she loved to sit out in the sun and sunbathe. And that's what led to her melanoma. And she legitimately, like, dies of cancer. Right. And
1: again, for me, he's coming across as like, yeah, he's bold. And yeah, he's he's brash. And he's not, like, this isn't a great, you know, plan that he's concocted. It's not very... Very kind or anything like that, but he's not coming across as like an evil guy, right? Not to me. No,
2: not evil. Like he even mentions he has two kids, and Band-kids. his son his son is married with a baby, and his son is like a lawyer or just finished law school or something. So yeah, he's like a nice enough guy, yeah. basically. Not so an,
1: no, again, not an evil,
2: not an evil antagonist, guy. Yeah. right? So they have a fine dinner, and Betsy. Basically, then goes back up to their hotel room to say, um, I'm packing because Tommy's taking me to Hawaii.
1: And Cage freaks out. And
2: Cage freaks out, which is great. And so they have this little spat. I'd
1: I'd freak out. Yeah. It's one thing to like hang around Vegas where you can kind of keep tabs, but like flying... Thousands of miles away. Well,
2: and then it turns out like it's not just for the weekend, it's for like a week.
1: Yeah, basically. basically. Like yeah. she's going
2: to be gone to Hawaii for a week with this guy. I'd have and Cage is I've just sort of, you know.
1: So let me ask you this Would you go with Tommy Corman if it meant I wouldn't die?
2: Yes. Wow.
1: Especially remi- if he's taking
2: me to his fancy vacation. Would home you in remind me
1: about it and hold it over my head the rest of my life? Or if. Couple no? years. Really?
2: Maybe a couple wow, of years. That's great. I don't know. Maybe a couple well, of years. Well, that's love. Seriously, you know, that's good. Thank you. So I have to say good this to
1: know. Mental mental note. Mental note. I have in a pinch.
2: There we go. Um, I have to say the scene where Betsy is packing and getting ready to go to Hawaii where they're having this spat is pretty fantastic
0: for a few days. Come on, you're so, like, blithe about this all of a sudden. Like, you don't give a damn! Of course I give a damn, but this was not my idea, okay, Jack? Poker was not my idea. Would you please stop crucifying me with this? see my bag? He's gonna jump all over you the second he gets there. Oh, I'll let him please, Jack. Give me a little credit. He'll overcome you! I mean, what happens if you start screaming? It's like a jungle over there! He probably has servants and bodyguards, and believe me, they will drag you! His son is gonna be there, Jack. His granddaughter, Tiffany, will be there. She knows the kid's name already. Marry me tonight. No. No, why not? Because I don't believe you. I mean, Jack, if you really wanted to marry me, you would have done it this afternoon. I mean, you don't have to be Freud to figure that one I out. I was not looking. Listen. You'll be back Monday. I don't know. Probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday? That's almost a week. Would you expect us to fly back and forth to Hawaii in two days. Us? Already it's us. Oh don't be infantile. I'm trying to make the best of things. Well you're
1: doing great. So they're off to Hawaii.
2: Yeah. She's just trying to make the best of things. That's all right. she's doing. Well,
1: she she picked a good way to do it because they get to Hawaii and it's beautiful.
2: Yeah, he's got this whole private vacation home with this amazing view and
1: And he's actually he's kind of adorable to me. I mean maybe I maybe his charm shouldn't be working on me, but like he's tried to learn all the Hawaiian names for different things or the time of day. Well, he's or- like
2: wooing her, basically. Right.
1: But he's awkward in wooing her, yes, right? Totally. And So, But it's kind of like a, a, tw- a 20-something-year-old kid wouldn't woo very well. Like, he's not wooing very well. But he's coming across as very genuinely trying to impress her, but being real himself too and yeah. not coming across as a bad guy at all. No. She's wowed by well, all because it does, is beautiful.
2: It's funny because like they show all these scenes of them doing all of these things that he really doesn't do well. Like he they, they go horseback riding on the cliffs of Hawaii and he can't really do it that well and then they're, they're hiking and he's like scuba diving practically dying on the cliffside, and she's but he's you know faking it real well and so yeah he's doing all these things that sort of a normal guy would do trying to impress a woman that he likes and they just happen to be these really high end over the top yeah you know and,
1: and cage cage kind of gives up on vegas he gives up at least waiting on yeah. around right he goes so back he goes to new york back to new york and kind of back to his job which is a little weird, but I guess that's what you do. And for whatever reason, like he turns the channel, and this is what happens in the movies. he turns the channel and he sees that there's a volcanic eruption or whatever on the news, and then in Hawaii, of, of course, they cut to you know people watching, and it's Tommy with his hand around Betsy, and he has a
2: yeah, he, he has lo- a problem with that. He loses it, so he's back in New York for like he's turning into a little a day bit day more two, of, a, of a
1: cagey kind of character. Yes, he's
2: starting part. to ramp up the the crazy, which is super fun. So. Yeah, he's not in New York for very long and then he sees this news footage and decides he's got to go to Hawaii to hunt Betsy down. So then what follows is this really funny scene in the airport where he's trying to get a flight and Well, we
1: forget this is 1992. Well, I don't forget that it's 1992. I forget how different 1992 world is from our world. Yes, totally. not only the shoulder pads. Okay. Or the frizzy or, hair, or
2: the big enormous cell. Like phones. we
1: get a uh, we cellular get a, telephones. We get Ben Stein, who I love Ben Stein, you know, and and he's at the airport holding up this entire line because he wants to book a ticket for a trip he's gonna take.
2: In like two weeks in or In two something. weeks from now.
1: But I guess, did you have to go to the airport and book tickets?
2: I guess, maybe.
0: Now, would it be any cheaper if I stop in Nashville? Same price, sir. I hold an Advantage card. That won't make any difference in the price, sir. There seems to be a very long line. Tell me again about the deal on Super Saver. Well, there are several restrictions. What's this guy doing? Around what? the world in 80 days? Lighten up. You lighten up. You can only fly on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or That's Thursday, it. and it's important to make you Look, minute. I've got a major problem, okay? My fiancé was kidnapped and taken to Hawaii. I've got to get there now. Well, I'm trying to make arrangements to get to Milwaukee for my nephew Douglas' wedding on the 21st. You're not even flying today? No, Consumer Reports said that if you make your travel arrangements two weeks in advance at the airport, you see this line. We're all flying today. Please, sir. If you don't
1: get back on, then what?
0: I'll be arrested, put in airport jail. Just get your ticket and move on. Okay, get your goddamn ticket and move on. If you didn't have a
1: travel agent, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to do anything if it weren't for the internet. Yeah, I'm sorry.
2: So this is the beginning of Jack Singer's. Uh, Breakdown? eh, Breakdown's a strong word. He starts to get more like a Cage character, like Cage characters that we've seen, which is fun because now Cage is sort of starting to really do his brand of acting, which is uh, obviously a lot of fun for us all to see. So here's this scene in the airport where Ben Stein is just holding up this line of like 10 people who are all trying to get out of New York that day. They're trying to get flights that day and he's trying to book this flight two weeks from now, and he's asking all these inane questions, and so then Jack, like, marches to the front of the line and yells at him, and it's this really funny scene where, you know, he starts to wig out a little bit, and we're all sort of, I think we both cheered a little bit, like, yay, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing... You know a little bit of cage, a cage that we know and love, so that's what's super fun in the meantime. we see more scenes of Betsy in Hawaii, you know getting to know Tommy's son and wife and holding their baby and you know having these deep talks with him as they paddle down a river oh she and- even
1: she even lets him kiss her,
2: yeah. I mean, their relationship is sort of starting to progress and get some depth. And- After,
1: like, a few days. And yeah. she was just going to get married to Jack. I think she's just swept up in the entire... Totally. You know. Absolutely. She's... And I would say this. I don't feel like Jack really ever wooed her or really, like, was overly romantic or, or really tried to win her affections. And I think that for Betsy, that Tommy is doing that for her. She really, really likes it and really responds to it.
2: Well, I think what we assume from kind of the way they've set things up at the beginning of the movie is that Betsy and Jack have a very comfortable relationship because they've been together for so long. And so maybe some of that excitement has gone out of their relationship. And then you couple that with his reluctance to get married. And so, yeah, she's... She's definitely being pursued hot and heavy, and by a man who has the means to do it in a big way. So yes, she is. And a
1: family guy, he loves kids. Yeah, he's just showing her all the best parts of him. Yeah, exactly. But
2: there's also a little bit of a dark edge to him because we see a couple of scenes where you know he's on the phone with his. Um, little sidekick and they're sort of plotting against Jack. You know, they know that Jack has left New York and is traveling to Hawaii. They've got all of these contacts at different airports. And so now they're scheming to keep him away from Tommy's house. Keep
1: Jack away. right? Yeah. And to so keep they, him and Betsy,
2: right. you know, apart basically.
1: Right. And, and as any of us would do to keep Nicholas Cage away from the woman that he loves, we get Mr. Miyagi.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we do. I mean,
1: who, I mean, obviously, That's so a, it's a given.
2: Jack arrives in Hawaii and he's greeted by
1: Mahi Mahi. Mahi
2: Mahi. Hey, brother,
0: you like ride? Yeah, yeah. I need a ride, but I don't know where yet. I take you back. Thanks. My name Mahi. Mahi Mahi. Like the fish? Yeah. My father was a fisherman. My father left home when I was five. That's why I'm named Jack. Cause in Jack, tell your mother I'm just going out to get the paper. I got to make a couple calls. Hey, Jack, Jack. Where you let go? Just tell me. i take you anywhere.
1: Played like by
2: Pat Morita. The
1: most delicious of all Pat Moritas.
2: Yes. The tender, most... Succulent, tender, succulent. Flaky. Yeah. Like, like butter. He is this hilarious taxi driver who... Is has been basically like paid by Tommy to keep Jack away at all costs. And so Mahi Mahi sort of goes along with, oh yeah, I know where Tommy Corman lives. And then he takes Jack to To Chief Orman's house. So here's
1: the deal with this. Like normally I would get really mad at a scene like this because it totally kind of puts the brakes on the entire movie. Okay, so Cage is there. He's going after Sarah Jessica Parker. He's gonna find her, all this stuff. And then we spend like, Five minutes, 10 minutes at Chief Orman's house, who is Chief Orman is played by he's played by Peter Boyle, who is great in everything he does. And apparently this chief guy is like a stoned out hippie who loves show, not show tunes, but musicals. He loves
2: South Pacific.
1: Right. Exactly. In particular.
2: So, yeah, Mahi Mahi takes Jack to Chief Orman's house and which is a dump.
0: Shack. Just little yeah. shack
2: in the middle of Hawaii. And then they drink this, like, specific kind of, I think whiskey or rum that's native to the island. And basically, it's just Peter Boyle playing this guy who gets drunk enough to sing all the songs from South Pacific. And Jack is just getting. Irritated to right, say the exactly. least. He is just mad and he knows that he is being delayed and, and normally, he can't like get I said, out of it. Yeah, at I, would, all. I would get
1: mad at this. I would be kind of upset with this, but Peter Boyle does such a good job. Yeah. Just like being this it's ridiculous very funny. character. Yeah, exactly. And so it works.
0: You are from mainland. That's right. Do you find Chief Orman attractive? Uh, You're a striking looking figure. If by attractive, Hey, Chief, he looking for a man named Tommy Corman. If you know where he is, have you seen the musical Grand Hotel? I don't really, but I'll ask around when I get back. Now, now could you could you tell me, did you hear me before about Tommy Corman? <laughs> Chief Orman's favorite is of course South Pacific. Well, everybody loves that one, Chief. Oh, everybody. Happy talk, keep talking, happy talk. Talk about things you like to
1: do. I, I buy it. It's funny.
2: So, Jack sort of manages to get out of this whole situation with Chief Orman, and he does so by stealing Mahi Mahi's taxi.
1: Right, exactly.
2: And I'm not sure how the he. Grand Theft Auto. F- yeah, I'm not sure how he figures out where Betsy and Tommy. Oh, he goes to Tommy's house. He goes, he manages to make it to Tommy's house where Tommy's son is. And Tommy's son, by the way, is this no-name actor, but he is the nicest guy. Like, he's friendly and this family man and, you know, just like this really nice guy. And he tells Jack that Betsy and Tommy went to the Kauai Club.
1: Well, Jack finds his house by calling information on the payphone. Right.
2: Oh, yeah. And he's remember just like, remember when we could do that? He's
1: like, which, you know. He went
2: to a payphone booth and closed the door behind him and then picked up the the phone. Yeah. And went through the phone book. Very funny. Remember that?
1: It feels so, it feels like it might as well be the, you know, like the 1890s. Yeah,
2: it but was that's a long okay. time ago. Anyway. It's funny.
1: So she tracks him down. And meanwhile, Tommy is, has, is, has already proposed to.
2: Yeah, he's doing the, like, major hard sell push with Betsy about...
1: she's not having it, though.
2: Well, and so now, okay, we talked a little bit about this. Not a lot, because we want to save all these good, juicy thought nuggets for you listeners, but...
1: Nuggets of thought.
2: We talked a little bit about Tommy. He initially sort of presents as this nice, straightforward character who's got a little, maybe a little edge, but is generally probably going to be more talk than more bark than bite right right Um, and he just has this thing for his late wife and Betsy looks so much like her and blah 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 but then at right the here, ca- yeah. at, then at the Kawaii Club he reveals a side of his character that we see more and more as the movie progresses that is that is deceitful
1: yeah and bad. very
2: underhanded I
0: thought that it was your idea you told me that you arranged a game you saw me in the lobby yes game. honey listen I told you that to protect you, because I love you so very much, honey and the truth was so horrible. Uh, it embarrassed me. He put you up like a a ring, like a watch. That's how cold it was. I can't believe it. Maybe he was frantic. Listen, people, people get frightened, they do crazy things. He was, you know, so terrified of marrying you. Come on, that's unfair. He didn't have sixty five thousand dollars. See watch it? That's what he uh, owed you. He owed me three thousand dollars.
1: Basically, he—I mean—he just flat out lies to Betsy. He says that Cage put her up in the poker game instead of like, "Hey, I've got to pay off this debt that I owe you." He said that like he threw her in as collateral, right? Like that was his idea. And he said that it was. Go ahead.
2: And that he didn't owe Corman sixty-five thousand dollars. Jack only owed him three.
1: Which obviously would have been, you know, $3,000 is a lot of money, but you could figure it out. Yeah, you can scrape it together. Yeah. So he basically paints the picture for her. Betsy's been trying to get Jack on the phone this entire time, and she can't. And so she can't talk to him, and she's feeling really alone and isolated. And then she gets this information, and she believes Tommy that he says this. And we know Tommy is just lying out of his mind. And at this point, I I turned to Britt when we were watching this movie. I'm like, this is the first time that he's really come across as a bad, devious guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, Yeah. he's, you know, he's kind of a master of subterfuge before this. However, um, this is the first part where he's lying or he's kind of cheating or breaking the rules to get what he wants.
2: Yes, totally. And it's strange because you really do, you like his wife really has died of cancer and he really does miss her. I mean, there's a lot of earnest, genuine qualities about him in the beginning, but then... That this sort of like crud- critical scene where, you know, Jack's on his way to the Kauai Club and Tommy's trying well, really hard well, to push there. Betsy into marrying her. Like he busts out these lies. And then Jack goes, makes it to the Kauai Club, sees, sees Betsy, Betsy right. and is calling for her. And then Tommy like strong arms him and throws him to the ground and then has him arrested.
1: Does not punch him.
2: Does not punch him. Just
1: going to say that for yeah, now. Yeah,
2: I know. But has him arrested and taken to jail for, I think, stealing Mahi Mahi's taxi.
1: Something but, like that. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's not a serious. But I mean, now Tommy is taken on a whole new shade to his character, and now he's sort of we're starting to see. I don't want to say his. Well, are we starting to see his genuine nature? Yeah, I, I a would little say bit so. more. Or he's he, a little bit is, darker.
1: At least is the dark side of yeah. of Tommy Cormier. Yeah,
2: he's not all sunshine and roses. An earnest grieving widower. I will say sure.
1: this: Mahi Mahi totally redeems himself because he doesn't press charges. He takes Jack to the airport, and he says, kind of, you know, wild at heart esque, you know, fight for love. Yeah, basically.
2: Jack gets out of jail, and yeah, Mahi Mahi sort of comes around and helps him get to the airport, and then the closest that Jack can get to vague. Oh, so I'm sorry. Let's back up. Well, Betsy- let me before
1: you back up. Let me just say this: I am still blown away that these are the days where you can just run up to an airline counter, not show ID. Just say, I need to be here now. Get me there. And they're like, well, right away, sir. Click, 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 click. We'll get you there.
2: It was a magic time.
1: Yeah. It was a, a magical time. time.
2: An easier time, that's for sure. Man. An age of innocence.
1: You know, I, I really don't want to get political, but 9-11. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Shoe bombs. Where were you?
2: I know. Well, I know where I was, but. <laughs> so backing up just a little bit. In this whole, you know, Kauai Club exchange, Betsy kind of decides she's going to marry Tommy. Yeah, she decides to believe absolutely. all the lies that he's put forth about Jack. She doesn't hear Jack calling for her. Jack gets arrested. She doesn't even know he's there. And she says, I'm going to go ahead and marry you. This is she's like, I want to move forward with my life. I want to have kids. Is, I want to got to
1: have sex with me right away so we can have a bunch of babies. And he's like, well, OK.
2: Yeah. So if he I says, Let's go back to Vegas and get married in Vegas and but she's like Great. She still
1: doesn't like it though. Like she's still like having like right away she's having like Misca- second, third, yeah. thoughts Yeah, she's
2: not about it. she's not like oblivious she's not deliriously happy, but she's like, let's I want my life to move forward, so exactly. I will marry you. So yes. they go back to Vegas. And then Jack is trying to get to Vegas from Hawaii and he just ends up on all these Well
1: Tommy calls non- the- Tommy is apparently the king of the world because he can call Vegas and get entire flights canceled. He basically cuts Vegas off from the mainland for the day. So Jack can't get back. Yeah.
2: The thing, the closest he gets is like San Jose. Who
1: is this man? Who is th- like he goes yeah, from like, we don't you know, know, hey, I'm a gambler who who plays little games in Vegas at Bally's International Casino to like I can shut down an airport.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I with, can with cancel a, a whole call. flight. Yeah.
1: Yes sir, right away, Mr. Coleman. I know
2: something. Yeah. So
1: little unbelievable.
2: So so Tommy is still pulling all these strings cuz he knows Jack's trying to get to Vegas. Jack is stuck in San Jose, California. Betsy is preparing to go get married but is definitely having second thoughts. She's trying to call Jack again, can't get his. can't get him on the phone. So this is all sort of all happening together. And then Jack, again, another time. Jack has a cardboard sign and he is literally he is
1: wandering the, the tarmac. He's
2: on the tarmac, <laughs> walking between planes, hitching a ride to Vegas. I mean, on a plane.
1: Right. Like literally, like on the side of the freeway with the sign that says going to Las Vegas. Like he's hitching. Except he's it's hitchhiking. planes and not cars. Right. And he gets he meets. Uh, He gets on a plane and he is obviously he's so excited to get there that he doesn't understand the fact or he doesn't even look around and see, hey, everyone here is dressed like Elvis.
2: Yeah. And oh, the side of the plane says the flying Elvis's skydiving team.
1: Nope. Just does not. He does does not not, even
2: see it. He just says, oh, I can get to Vegas. I'm going to go with these guys. They're going to take me to Vegas. Great. I'm going to Vegas.
1: I will say this. I remember as a young lad uh, watching TV and. I clearly have a recollection in my mind of the TV spots for this movie because of the Flying Elvises. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We're the Flying Elvises. Like, I remember it. It is seared into my memory. I had never seen this movie, but I knew, like, that's the movie with the skydiving That's Elvises. the Elvis movie. Right, exactly. There and so go. they, I, it's funny because they suit up Jack in this plane, and he still doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah, like, he's, he's wearing he's an in, Elvis, he's suit. In the Elvis jumpsuit, and he still is like, Well, when are we gonna land, guys?
2: And they're all making these terrible jokes, and they're supposed to be the Utah chapter, but all of them have terrible southern accents. You're like,
1: what are you doing with those parachutes, guys?
2: Yeah, like it's
1: the plane said flying Elvises, right? I so,
2: meanwhile, Betsy is continuing to have sort of second thoughts about. Uh, getting married to Tommy. And so she communicates those to him like on the floor, the casino floor, like, like, can we wait a month and, you know, get to know each other more? She's not saying no. She's just saying
1: wait. I don't get why she's being so moody, Brett.
2: And he reveals his hand.
1: Oh, he he lays it down.
2: Yeah. He just has is having none of it. He
1: grabs her by the arm. He
2: grabs well, and then he like grabs her by the face and not tenderly, like he grabs her by the face with his big meaty hands. And
1: like points his finger like in her face.
2: Yeah. Like partially her hand it, it, like it's aggressive. These
1: days he would he would be incarcerated.
2: Don't
0: grab me like that. You are being rude to me in the lobby of the valley hotel you are being rude get out of my sight hey a million now be a realist this is a no-lose deal for you i get a million dollars yeah that's correct you're unbelievable it would be very irresponsible of you to turn this down tommy hey hey Your answer
2: is yes. And, you know, she's saying, screw you and forget. Like, suddenly she figures it out. I don't know. Well,
1: he's saying, like, you've disrespected me. Yeah, he's saying, you're
2: disrespected me on the casino floor. You're being rude to me. We're getting married. And she's like, screw off. Well, he's
1: saying, well, marry me and I'll give you half a million dollars. Well, yeah. so Marry me and I'll give you a million dollars. He keeps
2: trying to get. Yeah. And that's where she's just like, "Okay, I'm done. And but he gets really he really does get like physical with her and he's taller than she is and bigger than she is. And now you kind of know that he wields absolutely
1: intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. He
2: wields this like undefined power uh, ability to kind of have people do whatever he needs them to do
1: any any goodwill that he has built up through the movie by this point is gone it's
2: gone yeah Yeah. he has completely revealed his hand so then she has to fake going to the bathroom which apparently entails going all the way back up to their penthouse well
1: there's only one restroom in the entire valley.
2: so he says you got five minutes and then calls up to his friend my question
1: what if it's a number two you know
2: I hey She's in a teeny tiny white dress, so obviously she doesn't. Oh, she do that. is.
1: I didn't. I didn't notice. She's
2: in a tiny, yeah,
1: oh, white dress, huh?
2: So anyway, he calls it to his assistant. He's like, "She's coming up," and then of course she like f- gets off on a different floor. So now she's on the run from Tommy. So right. she's, and at she, this point, she, it's kind
1: of descending into a little bit of a, like a,
2: yeah, it's a little right. bit of a circus, but it's also like he, you just don't know what he is. He going to like pull a gun out of his shiny shark suit? and fire at her. I mean, yeah, it, it totally it, could it be really like... It really
1: is getting to that point. You do feel nervous for her.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, all of this is going on with her and and at some point, Jack, meanwhile, up in the air, realizes that the only way he's getting to Vegas right. is by jumping out of an airplane, lit up in an Elvis suit.
0: We jump out of one altitude, three oh. thousand feet. And he shoots her... They're foolproof, right? Well, as the king his own self said, oh. they ain't got this whole wide world foolproof except in uh, coup de and hookers, Let <laughs> <laughs> me get this straight. I pull this? No, oh boy. You pull the other one first, that being your main chute. Then if that chute don't open, what you do then is you reach over here and pull the red one. That there being your auxiliary shoot. Yellow than red. Yellow red. You got it. Okay. Okay, now, uh, if by any chance I get, like, flustered, you know, when I'm hurling through space, and I and, and pull the red one first. Oh, then you're going to wind up looking like a well-done chili burger. They're going to have to shovel you into a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do it, son. You can do it. Uh. All right, fellas. It's just about show time. Yellow red.
1: Yellow red. Yellow and it's not like they establish like a fear of heights or anything like that but you know it's
2: but he's skydiving you know
1: hey hey here hey dig this you ready
2: D- I'm ready to dig it
1: marriage is a leap of faith uh-huh. Uh
2: and,
1: and he has to take that leap in his own life and his own heart for love Wow metaphors
2: so many layers
1: this. Might be the best movie ever.
2: Wow, wow!
1: Schindler's List, Eat Your so, Heart Out, right? Everyone so talks re- about that so little girl, that one little girl in the red dress, but this—it's
2: so real—is
1: what I'm talking about.
2: Yes, let's all just. So be- Nicholas
1: Cage jumps out of the plane, the parachute doesn't uh, open, and he dies, right? Or or
2: <laughs> he does jump out of the plane, and they're
1: teasing them about which, like sh- which. You know, oh, lever yeah, to pull, not lever, shoot to which pull. you know, shoots. Yellow to, than
2: red, yellow than red. And everyone's red, teasing him, red, so he doesn't know. Red. He's
1: never, you know, parachuted before, it's obvious. And so he finally realizes what's going on, all the other Elvis impersonators are jumping out of the plane. And, meanwhile, and this is a, this is a, by the way, this is the biggest thing that has ever happened in Las Vegas.
2: Right. I was there, gonna say, meanwhile, throngs. like Vegas is preparing. Shut
1: the city for down. the
2: flying Elvises <laughs> to come. Right there's a whole target bullseye on the ground. There's an announcer. There is there's our crowds gathering. Shut down the
1: strip. I know that twenty uh, thousand taxis pass this point every hour. Shut it down. Yep. Knock it all flying
2: out. Elvises flying Elvises. are coming in. They're and coming, people. Also, Betsy is on the move in the hotel. There, she's being chased. She's trying to get away from Tommy. Uh, you know so what you have to more, do in a more, situation you where you. To,
1: you have to become a master of disguises Yeah, yourself. you do. You
2: have to blend in with your surroundings. So she's running all through the hotel in this gorgeous, snug-fitting white dress, easily recognizable. And Correct. so you know what she does. What
1: does she do? The obvious. What does she do?
2: She dresses up like a showgirl. Yeah, she does. Obviously, yeah, that's what does. you do.
1: She's a, She's a strutting peacock. She is. She's a purple peacock, I think. What did you think about that outfit?
2: Oh, I was about, uh, so I do remember this. I do remember whenever I saw this movie, you know, decades ago, I remember the showgirl costume and I enjoy it. I'm I enjoy
1: a young Brit was like, yeah, I could rock that for Halloween. Actually, knowing some of your other uh, outfits, you probably would have rocked that as a young young lady. Flowers, feathers. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure, Sure, sure. Right up your alley. So
2: now we've come to the climax of our movie. Jack as Elvis, Betsy as a showgirl. What more could you possibly want? Oh, that's right. He still has to jump out of an airplane. That's
1: right. And he's freaking out about it. By the way, I forget to mention that it's well known that Nicolas Cage, as a man, really has a thing for Elvis, right?
2: Yes. Uh, he, We've seen that in Wild at Heart.
1: Right. He, Wild at Heart. Um, there's some other movies he kind of puts on that affectation. Oh, yeah. Peggy Sue got he, married a little bit. Didn't he that? marry Lisa Marie Presley?
2: Yes, for a short time. Was or that Michael time. Jackson
1: or did they both they marry both her? They both did
2: for a short time. How crazy she, is that? Yeah.
1: So, like, he his, his infatuation with the king culminated in actually in marrying his daughter.
2: Yeah. All right, well,
1: good for you, buddy. That's a bold move. So uh, that might have, I don't know the background of the movie, but it might have played into it a little bit. Just like his own love for Elvis maybe played into, you know, the Elvis motif in this movie. But again, Vegas is shut down. Elvi are falling from the sky. (laughs)
2: Right, and-
1: They're jettisoning down. They're
2: jettisoning down. They're slipping the surly bonds of earth. Betsy is making her way through the crowds. Tommy chasing after Betsy. Hot pursuit. Uh Jack f- eventually jumps or is pushed out of the plane lands safely. The announcer on the ground somehow yes, seems to have <laughs> have all of the names yes, of all flying out. Elvises.
1: Bob Parker from Carvin Provo, City, Utah. Provo,
2: Utah. Roy Robinson,
1: Robinson from yeah.
2: And also, he's, they've radioed ahead their newest Flying Elvis, right. Jack Singer. So,
1: we're saying, like, we are in payphone era technology, but after they got on the plane, they didn't know his name when they got on the plane. So, you're saying the cockpit radioed ahead to the, All the, ve- names. To the Vegas, uh, you know, uh, terminal, you know, and said, hey, by the way, call the people, call the good people at Bally's, and make sure and add Jack Singer's name to the list that they're going to be announcing throughout the strip.
2: Right. Obviously. Um, Well, makes sense. Well, if you were a, if you were a flying Elvis, you need, you need to have credit would be given credit where credit is due.
1: I mean, yeah, it's, it's not, this is not what we do for fun. I'm sure they're paid millions. Right. Death defying. I will say this for having never skydived before. You wouldn't know it because he sticks that landing.
2: Yeah, he does. No issues. And he nails it. They're right on target.
1: Doesn't run into buildings. Bullseye. Yeah. Bullseye.
2: Bingo. So Jack makes his landing. And now we know Betsy knows he's he's coming down because his name's been announced. Tommy knows it. And he, he falls from the sky. Betsy sees him. They embrace, she runs out, they hug, they kiss, they have this sort of like, where were you? I was looking for you. Well, I believed funny, all these it's lies funny because, about you. Because and, Tommy
1: is like chasing, he's basically threat. he's threatened Sarah Jessica Parker, Right. he has, is chasing her, and God knows what he's going to do when he catches her, and literally he hears- Jack Singer's name over the announcement. He's like, "All right, well, what are you gonna do?" It's over. Yeah,
2: I mean, he wah, sees wah, like
1: he's like, "Oh,
0: that's too bad." Yeah, he Aw, sees shucks. them. Jack, you jumped out uh, of a plane. This kid said you were gonna marry him today. Did you get a job here? I I couldn't find you. I didn't know how to reach you. I was flying day and night. I was going everywhere. Hawaii, jail. I saw you on the beach. I was screaming your name. He said that was the wind. I was so stupid. I can't find her. It's over. Son of a bitch jumped out of a plane.
2: He sees them together, and he sees them kissing, and yeah, his response is basically like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" There's that. I think he even says to his little tech uh, flunky guy, "Go set up a game." Like.
1: It's over. Guess I'll play poker. <laughs> Not, hey, I was going to kill this woman. Or, hey, I was going to hey, force I, I this woman into a arranged marriage of hell.
2: I can cancel flights. But, you know, when it comes to true love, uh, what uh, are you going to do?
1: What are you going to do?
2: Uh, I can't beat this. Can't beat this guy. He's, That's, he's, yeah. he's just too powerful
1: for me. And so Jack shows Betsy that he can do what it takes to fight for love, he will jump out of a plane, he quickly explains, I've been chasing you all over the world, and da 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 da, da. and we get this nice little coda of uh, them actually getting married. Yeah,
2: they are in one of the uh, Vegas wedding chapels, still in their Elvis and showgirl costumes, surrounded by other Elvises. Yeah. And- They uh, make a very
1: cute and lovely couple. They're getting married. Yeah, and, that, and then there's the credits, that's yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, that's the movie. All right.
2: It is extremely straightforward, people.
1: It's it's cute though. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, nothing wrong with it's, it. It's it's nice. There we go. Let's uh let's pause on this uh particular topic and give our listeners a break with some excellent uh Elvis music and we'll come back with uh our ratings.
1: All right, I can't
2: the wait. We have just reviewed 1992's *Honeymoon in Vegas*, starring Nicolas Cage, James Caan, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, Nate, what'd you think?
1: I liked it. I thought it was super fun. I thought it was cute. I think you. I think you're right. It was like a nice breather from the, maybe some of the heavier subject matter we've been getting in the last few movies. And I think that hey, man, if this is Cage's first foray to a straightforward like Hollywood. Um, comedy, yeah, good good yeah, job. Yeah, good job. not too bad, mm-hmm. not too
2: bad. Well, now we're going to uh, go into the ratings portion of our program, where we discuss the film as entertainment, the film as art, and Cage's performance in the film. So, without further ado, Nate, what did you think of this film as entertainment?
1: You know, I thought it was good. I think it was better than average. But it wasn't great. Uh, I was entertained, I was. I laughed quite a bit. Again, at this point, I think I was telling you while we were watching it, I don't know if I'm so entertained by these movies because it's Nicolas Cage and just because I'm, I'm growing to have a very strong affection for him on screen or if it's because the movie's actually good. E- either way, I can only say what I feel, and so I thought it was it was entertained better than average, and so I'll give it a 2.5 on the entertainment scale.
2: You know, I'm going to go with the 2.5 as well. It is it's by no means like a summer blockbuster, but it's fun. It's it's lighthearted. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing you can't show to your kids or your grandkids. Um, I agree with you. You know, this is sort of his first foray into some some straightforward sort of mainstream or wider audience Films that we've seen, and I think that he does a nice job. I think the movie is a good vehicle for that, and also, you know, again, this is probably because we've watched some quirky, out there stuff in the last couple of um, couple of podcasts. But the story is very. It's very textbook. And, you know, sometimes you need a textbook film. You need something that has a beginning, middle, and end. It has peaks and valleys. It has character arcs that are moderate. There's nothing. It's not trying to tell this big major story or give these thematic ideas presented in a quirky manner. It's just a movie. And, and so, yeah, I, I think it was fine. Not the best movie that we've seen, nor the best one that I think we're going to see. But I think it was great. It, it It was a nice breather, and uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. How about uh, the film is art?
1: You know, nothing really struck me as particularly artistic about this movie. It's not there's not a grand message or theme other than you know, love and uh, and fight for love and you know marriage is good or whatever. Uh, the direction was fine. Cinematography was fine, but nothing flashy or showy. Uh, script was fine everything was fine i gave it a 1.5 there was no artistic statement i don't think they were looking to make a a think piece no it wasn't I, it, it wasn't a work of art it was a movie it was
2: a movie yeah. no i completely agree with you um i think i'm probably gonna give it a one on the on the art scale wow okay it's just there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not a piece of art. It's, it's like we've said, it's just a movie. It's not a film. It's not a film. It's a right. movie. Okay. It's a good movie. Gotcha. It's a funny movie. It's a solid movie. It's a movie that mainstream America can wrap its head around. But it's not a piece of art, and that's okay. But but again, it doesn't warrant an artistic rating from me. Okay. How about Cage's performance?
1: You know, again, I really am liking him a lot. Uh, We haven't seen anything quite like this from him, a little bit more straightforward. I think he does a fine job. I'm glad he's in this movie rather than anyone else I can think of. But there's nothing particularly Cage-worthy about this role. I think he was there. I think he was fun. Um, I think he does a good job, maybe a little bit better than average job. So I'm going to give him a 2.5. I think he does fine. And I really liked seeing him in this movie. But nothing over the top, nothing that... Uh, we haven't seen before. and hopefully there he will reach even even higher places uh, in movies to come,
2: yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, i I think that the director seemed to give him some license to do some mini cage isms that we have all come to sort of know and really love about Cage about some of the more theatrical elements to his performances. We see those with Jack a little bit. He's by no means, you know, um,
1: he's not buttoned up. He's not like,
2: no, he's not firebirds. And, but nor is he a uh, vampire's kiss where he's just out and out crazy. You know, he has some moments where he gets to go a little bit nutty where the dialogue sort of lends a little bit of cagey cage cagesms, And I appreciate that. I think it's fun. I think his performance is definitely more interesting than some of the other quote unquote, straight movies, straightforward movies that we've seen. Um, I would probably give him a 2.5 as well.
1: Well, we were, no, we were almost exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, we were tracking.
2: Hands. We were definitely tracking. See, and
1: this is what this is what I'm talking about with Cage's performance. That's why I was thinking back, that's why I really enjoyed things like Peggy Sue got married, right? Because because of the affectation of his voice, because of just the kind of full body performance he was giving in that movie, like he was performing. He was inhabiting that character. There was nothing other than the few flourishes of um caginess I don't know what better way to put it there was nothing particularly um groundbreaking or or breathtaking about what he was doing he was fine but I I find like I'm really starting to appreciate the ones even if if he if he totally misses the mark but he goes for it like I'm finding like that's what's drawing me in a little bit more so like again this was fine but it wasn't you know groundbreaking for me. But it was it was totally a fun watch, and I'm really glad we watched it, and I can actually recommend this to most people.
2: Right. I would agree. I would say that all of the theatrical elements that he lends to his performances, uh, even though it's a pretty muted version in this film, we don't get to see a lot of it. We get to see snippets here and there, definitely. We, when he's in Hawaii, I think we get the most of those little bits and pieces, you know, when he's quirky. interacting with... Um, the taxi driver and with Chief Orman and just, you know, sort of in that situation where his character is getting more and more desperate. Um, we see more uh, of those um, cagesms. Uh So I think, that, you know, it's the only thing I would say is that he gets to do those little bits and pieces in sort of a muted fashion, but it works here. Right. In other films, he's done those things and they're unintentionally comedic, right? They're, it's a painful watch. Uh, and that's why we laugh because – they're so badly done. Here, it's actually intentionally supposed to be funny. You Intentionally, you see Jack sort of starting to lose it and to get sort of continuously more desperate as he's looking for a Betsy and running into these people that are just quirky and weird and taking him off of his off the track for him to try and find her and he's getting increasingly more frustrated and this is how it's coming out. I appreciate that he gets to do that and that it actually fits in with the character instead of it just being, oh, there's Cage, going. Crazy right again. and I, and I
1: think I think what does that is a good director I really I would do agree. and I, I would think, agree uh, you know it'd be interesting when we're all done with this project to look back and say okay when his performance didn't work who was the director I I think we have yet to see and Andrew Bergman is a n- he's good, decent. good director and certainly a good a writer and he wrote this movie as well and I think we we see that he lets cage do what cage wants to do in certain situations and it totally works there's not a other than a few tonal things with James Con's, other than a few tonal things with James Con's character, I think this movie knows what it is. It executes well, and uh, it's fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I would good agree.
1: Good job, good job, uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. I'm glad uh, we watched you. Yeah.
0: So, what is no our what does that bring?
1: <laughs> the movie talking back. Oh,
0: wow. I'm glad you glad you watched me.
2: <laughs> well, right. you're welcome. So, what does that bring our total ratings to?
1: Oh, a twelve point five.
2: A twelve point five.
1: Out of, of twenty four. So Not... right down the middle. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, is about right for yeah. this one, I think. I think about I think so right. too. A
1: little bit better than fifty percent.
2: A little just slightly better than average. Yeah.
1: Slightly better. And and it's and it works. Hey, there we go. Sometimes you just want a good cage movie.
2: There we go. And we now,
1: got one. Now can I can I uh start this drum roll? I got the drum so I got the kit set up here. Can I start the drum go roll? Go for it. Do All it. All right. Now it's time for a patented CageCast Running Totals rapid-fire questionnaire. Britt, I'm going to be asking you the questions. Okay. In this movie, Honeymoon in Vegas, 1992, is Nicolas Cage a lady killer?
2: No. He has a girlfriend. He is not She's
1: a pretty girl.
2: And she's a pretty girl, but he is not a character who kills ladies. Right,
1: and we, what we mean by that is he is he a ladies man? Is he a Lothario? Is no. he does he get around? Is he no. are women do women see him and are constantly drawn to him? No, no not at all. That's what we mean the answer is no correct in this movie is Nicolas cage drunk or high no
2: Not shockingly, at all. Okay. shockingly
1: in this movie does Nicolas cage have crazy hair even
2: more shockingly no these are the f- possibly we have no's for the first time in some of these categories folks
1: in this movie does Nicolas cage have a crazy voice accent or inflection
2: no crazy how yeah, many no's we're getting today
1: in this movie is there cage rage
2: Yes. Yes, there There's is. A few scenes. Yes, there is. There's a few is. little nuggets. He There's just, a few little. It, it's not.
1: It's not. It's not all out cage rage throughout the movie, but there right. are moments. There where are you, moments. Undeniable moments. Right. In this movie, does Nicolas Cage punch someone or get punched? No. Shockingly, and he's wrestled to the ground and arrested. It might be the first time.
2: But yeah, agreed. It no. might
1: be. It seriously, I'd have to go back in the archives. It might be. But even I think even in Boy and Blue there's some punching.
2: I think that this is the first time that our uh, rapid fire questioner has had so many nos.
1: Okay, last question. Does Nicolas Cage run with a flashlight? Uh, no. Wouldn't not it be yet. Funny? Wouldn't it be funny if this was the movie where he ran yes. with a flashlight? It would
2: be fantastic if now, all the he, other categories were no, but he ran in, with He one.
1: runs in the dark with an illuminated Elvis jumpsuit. <sighs> he
2: flies through the night. No, it's not the same. All right. No. Okay. I'm going to say well,
1: no. We're holding that hope.
2: There we go. All right, folks. Uh, Well, that was Honeymoon in Vegas. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Very I, fun. It was fun. Any feedback you want to give us on your thoughts on Honeymoon in Vegas would be so very much appreciated.
1: Or give us feedback on our next movie.
2: Yes, which is?
1: 1993's Amos and Andrew, directed by E. Max Fry and starring Dabney Coleman, Michael Lerner, a young Samuel L. Jackson, and of course, Nicolas Cage. Have you, listener, good listener, seen Amos and Andrew? What do you remember about the movie? And what do you think about Cage in the movie? Send us your thoughts. I am on my knees. Britt will attest to this. I am begging you. Feed us back.
2: Feed us back.
1: I can't say it more clearly.
2: (laughs) Feed us back, listeners.
1: Yeah, send us your review and we'll get you on the air. Or call. We have a number. 3308 cage ok Again, that's 30-82-4365. I have to confess, I did call it this last week to make sure it wasn't broken. And it's not broken. Ugh. But we have yet to play, right? I'm just, I'm, I'm opening up, I'm, I'm opening up the curtain here. Don't look behind it. But yeah, none of you have called.
2: Give us a call, listeners. How dare you? No, you can't cha- berate them tw- two podcasts in a row.
1: I, w- I can't. I will. It will be a verbal tongue lashing like they have never received before until Woo. one of you just call the number. Just call the number. Just call in and I'll shut up. I promise. Call
2: for my sake. Okay.
1: Something <laughs> <Music>. else. <laughs> Music this week can be found. She's like, he makes me do this. <laughs> I'm a slave in my own home. <laughs> Music this week can be found on the Honeymoon in Vegas original motion picture soundtrack, which uh, is actually pretty good. And our theme song was written by Chris Cornell and Soundgarden and performed by Johnny Cash.
2: Uh, We'll be back next week. But until then, we'll leave you with the reminder that if you dream about your mother vacuuming naked, it's nothing remotely sexual.
1: At least probably not. Bye.
0: Bye.
1: For our patented well, uh, Kitch wait, wait, Kitch cast wait, 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 wait,
2: wait, 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 wait,
1: wait,
0: wait, wait,
2: The dream. So, so we go to Vegas and I wasn't
1: scared, by the way, to marry you.
2: Well, I'm glad.
1: Okay. Okay. Really so,
2: right. I we need to keep this clipping along. So
1: we're we're clipping. These
2: asides need to.
1: I'm. This is what them. this is what keeps it. This is what keeps it fresh. Yeah, yeah. I want this to go quick. Well, you keep on pushing through. Don't let me distract
0: okay. you. No,
1: Hey, Britt.
2: Yeah. What? <laughs>
1: Why does it always catches you off guard? I don't
2: I... know. Every time.
1: Derp, derp. Hey, we Let's try that again. Hey, Brit. I love you too much, baby. Why can't you
2: sing? We wrote into our vows. We would by each other through the best and the worst of Nicolas Cage movies and we have
1: when you when you talk like that you sound it sounds very weird on that show we when we uh, the vows we <laughs> the very best of Nicolas Cage movies like just that's talk,
2: because I'm using my robot alter eco just, so that I can go do other things just talk like while you, we're doing this talk podcast. like a
1: person talk like you would normally talk
2: how do people talk
1: right exactly <laughs> uh, and with me, as always, is Britt Porter...